back in the Boss Man Show, a good guest, a great guest, author of Give Us the Ballot, also writer at Mother Jones, Ari Berman. Ari, good to talk to you, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. First, Ari, let's talk about your book, Give Us the Ballot, because, you know, here in Georgia and Atlanta, we know a lot of stuff going on with us, trying to suppress the votes here in Georgia with the House and Senate here in Georgia. So talk about first your book, Give Us the Ballot. The book was published in 2015 on the 50th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And it basically tells the story of what the Voting Rights Act did, how it transformed American democracy, how before the Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965, African-Americans really didn't have the right to vote in Georgia, in Texas, in Mississippi, in Alabama, and South Carolina, all across the South. They were disenfranchised by things like literacy tests and poll taxes and grandfather clauses and all of those suppressive devices that happened under Jim Crow. And so it tells the story of how we got the Voting Rights Act told through the lens of people like civil rights icon John Lewis. And then it tells a story of what happened after, um, how the Voting Rights Act transformed American democracy, transformed states like Georgia, put people like John Lewis in Congress, made people like Andrew Young, mayor of Atlanta, all that stuff, but also the 50 year effort to try to roll back the Voting Rights Act, which continues to this day to try to roll back all the progress that was made and, and try to pass new voter suppression efforts that in many ways are like Jim Crow 2.0. Oh, yes. They got rid of the outright things like the literacy tests and poll taxes. So now they have new devices that a little bit more subtle, a little bit more complicated, but tend to have the same kind of goal, which is to try to prevent communities of color, poor individuals, more marginalized groups from participating in the political process and really try to assert white power like they did back then and like they want to now, just through other means. And Ari, I live in Henry County, so right below Fulton and in Clayton. So my county is easier to vote than it is in Clayton, DeKalb, or Fulton, certain parts of Cobb County. Even the runoff, runoff Ari, they cut down polling places in times to early vote to try to suppress the vote. They do it, like you said, very subtly, like closing poll places, only having one drop box per county, you know, trying to scare you or make you wait forever. So all the machines may go down. So all these tactics that Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, who's not a saint, he's not, he's part of this problem here in Georgia, trying to steal a tactical that upset that Biden won Georgia and Warnock also won the runoffs. And it's Miss Abrams here in 2022. That's what it's all about here in Georgia, in my opinion, Ari. I think that's right. I think what happened is Georgia was a state dominated by Republicans for a long time. They wrote all the voting laws in the state. Uh, and then when Democrats won in November, which shocked a lot of people, and then when they won those two Senate seats in January, which shocked even more people, then Republicans said, wait a second, maybe all of these voting laws that we wrote to benefit us, other people are starting to use them, and we don't like it. So now they're trying to get rid of all those things that led to record turnout. They've introduced bills to try to get rid of automatic registration, where you go to the DMV and you're automatically registered to vote. They're trying to cut early voting days to eliminate Sunday voting when black churches do souls to the polls mobilization drives. They're trying to get rid of weekend voting when it's really convenient for people to vote. They're trying to roll back mail voting so that instead of anyone being able to vote by mail, you need an excuse to be able to vote by mail, meaning you can only vote by mail if, for example, you're out of town, or you can't get off work, or you're over 65. 
as opposed to anyone just being able to do it. And so these are pretty major changes that they're talking about that's going to affect millions and millions of voters. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get them through, even though Republicans control the legislature. They're getting a lot of pushback against this. Because let me just give you the example of mail voting. 1.3 million Georgians voted by mail in 2020. So that's a lot of people. Obviously, that was higher because of the pandemic, but it's also a convenient way to vote. So I'm expecting that Georgians will want to vote by mail in the future, even if there's not a pandemic. Well, of those 1.3 million people that voted by mail, 450,000 Republicans voted by mail. So the idea that only Democrats voted by mail is absurd. Like, yes, Democrats used it. Black voters used it. They were more concerned about the pandemic than some other groups might have been. But you're still talking about hundreds of thousands of Republicans using the voting methods that they're trying to get rid of. They talked about trying to get rid of automatic voter registration. Well, 5 million of the 7.6 million voters in Georgia registered through automatic registration. So imagine how many Republicans we're talking about that did that. And so, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do here. They're saying we had record turnout. We saw black voters in particular in the January 5th runoffs turn out in huge numbers. But also at the same time, they're, they're trying to make it more inconvenient for everybody to be able to vote. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage here. It's not just one group that's going to be affected. Exactly. And I told people this on my show already, Biden, Warnock, Ossoff went in and Biden went in this election. It was starting the legislature, they're going to come after the voting rights again because every time they lose, they attack by making it harder to vote, trying to make it more harder to get to the polls, make it more inconvenient because they cannot win on policies. Their policies are trash. They're trash. So you can't win on policies. So let's just just a strength the voting field so we can maybe win that way by cheating and have minority rule by suppressing the vote. Well, and, and that's what's so crazy about this is that they're not even trying to win people over with their policies. They're basically admitting that their policies are unpopular and that the only way they can win across the board, not just in Georgia, but they're trying this all over the place, is by preventing people from voting and particularly by trying to prevent their political opponents from being able to vote. If I'm Georgia Republicans though, I'm pretty nervous about the strategy that I'm pursuing right now uh, because there's a very good chance it could backfire on them. This is getting a lot of attention now, these efforts to roll back Sunday voting, to roll back mail voting. People are saying, wait a second, didn't the Secretary of State tell us over and over that there was no fraud in the election? Didn't we have three recounts that found absolutely no evidence of fraud? Didn't we audit 15,000 ballots in Cobb County that found only two mismatched signatures out of 15,000 ballots and not a single case of fraud coming from that? So Georgians were told by their leaders, by their Republican leaders, over and over, there was no evidence of fraud. So they're saying, why are we changing the system? What's the problem that we're trying to address here? And if I'm Brian Kemp, the governor, I had an election in 2018 where I was secretary of state and the candidate for governor and put in place a whole series of policies that benefited me in my race, that a lot of people feel like that was an unfair election, that Stacey Abrams was denied a fair shot at winning that election. She is most likely going to run again against Brian Kemp in 2022. So does he want to sign another voter suppression bill? So the message from Brian Kemp to Georgia voters, in particular Black voters, is I don't want you participating. That's a dangerous place 
I think, for the governor to be right now. I think that Georgia Republicans need to realize the state is changing yes. demographically. A lot of new people are moving to Georgia and they don't buy into the philosophy that's defined by the Georgia Republican Party. They don't want Georgia to go back to the Georgia of the 1960s. They want Georgia to be the Georgia of the 2020s, right? An attractive place to live that's a multiracial, multicultural state where a lot of different people peacefully coexist. I mean, that's the sense I get of the state, a very forward-leaning, progressive-leaning yes. state. Now, a kind of a new South, right? And they don't want to go back to the old South. And so I'm, I would be very careful if I was them going back to the Georgia of the 1950s, 1960s, the old South of voter suppression, because I think that's really out of step with where Georgia is moving right now. And oh, that's why the big lie was so crazy because Georgia's ran by Republicans. It's ran by the governor, Secretary of State, Legislative House. They have everything. And so when I heard people telling about the fraud and State Farm Arena and Fulton County, I'm like, you, are you letting these, these liars get in your head? Because I, I, I live in Atlanta. I. I have people who work at State Farm Arena. There wasn't no fraud there. That's because they lost. So they had to make a reason why. So like the Republicans run Georgia. So why are they rigging against themselves? It makes no sense, Ari. And the people still say this in our state that oh, it was rigged against Donald Trump. I said, Republicans run the state. One who sucked up to Donald Trump until he cheated, he didn't anymore. So like, come on. Yeah, I mean, Brian Kemp, when he ran for governor, basically ran as a poor man's Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, and, and I mean, yeah, the idea that they would just – that that all the Republicans that control the, the state would just allow Democrats to steal the election, but they would remain in power at the same time really, <laughs> ma really makes no sense. And I mean – it's just it's just really sad what they've done here, which is they comp completely manufactured a crisis. They got millions and millions and millions of people to believe it. Uh, and now they are using the crisis they manufactured to try to convince people that we need these sweeping changes that are going to disenfranchise lots of people. And I think it's even worse in Georgia, because in Georgia, you actually had Republicans stand up to Donald Trump. In a lot of states, Republicans were too cowardly to stand up to Donald Trump. But I, I give him some credit. I mean, at least the Republican Secretary of State in Georgia stood up to Donald Trump. Now he needs to stand up to members of his own party that are using the same lies that Trump did try to make it harder to vote. And some of the stuff I'm hearing coming out of the Secretary of State's office is concerning too, because they're saying, well, we need to get rid of no excuse absentee voting because it's too, putting too many burdens on the county. So maybe let's talk to the counties. Let's try to make their life easier. But don't take away a voting method that 1.3 million people used in the last election. I think Georgians, just like any other people in any part of the country, they like the fact that they can vote by mail. They like the fact that they could vote early in person, like the fact that they could vote on election day. Giving people those three options of how they vote to me is really, really critical. And then you talk about they're trying to get rid of mail voting, but then they're trying to cut back early voting. So it's like, well, so you're, 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 you want to push people off one voting method, but then make the other alternative voting method harder as well. And the cutting early voting thing is to me really, really problematic because you know there's been really long lines to vote in Georgia. Yes. 11-hour lines and early voting in October before the general election. At, during the primary in June, people were still voting at 1230 at night uh, in, in Atlanta. Uh, in 2018, in the governor's race, there were five-hour lines. Even in the primary in January, there were lines, three to four-hour lines in Cobb County. So Georgia, if anything, needs more days to vote and more time to vote. Not and more, less days. And more sites to vote, too. And or, more sites to vote. And they'll cut the sites by telling you they cut the sites. 
y'all change that on you too. Last second as well. That's another game that, that Brian Kemp and his friends play too. Rap reference perfect. Brad plays as well. And I hate it, Ari, because you're you're trying to cheat the system. That's how that's how it's easy why I can put it. You cheat cheating the system, and it sucks, man. Because it should be an open democracy to vote however you want to vote, not suppress the vote to try to win because you know no you can't win on policy alone. And that's what the problem here in Georgia, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that is the problem. I, I think the the only good thing coming out of it is that I think there has been a lot of public pressure that's being put on them. So I, I think that you know, average Georgians, I don't think they should feel powerless here because I think that there's a lot of blowback coming in to the Republican Party right now. There was a a truck that was circling the legislature uh, yesterday that with a banner that said Georgia Republicans don't want Black people to vote, uh, and you're talking about in electorate in Georgia, it's 40% people of color right now. You add uh, African-Americans, Latinos, Asian-Americans, other racial and ethnic minorities together, that's 40% of the electorate. Mm -hmm. And that part of the electorate is growing. And the white part of the electorate is shrinking. And the part of the white electorate that's growing is the moderate white electorate that's moving from other states to Georgia. That, that are, They're not moving from Mississippi and Alabama. You know, they're, they're moving from New York and Illinois and other places to get yeah. jobs. And so they don't they don't want they don't want this version of the Republican Party. They don't they don't want the old segregationist part of which was the Democratic Party back then. And then it became the Republican Party. They don't want those kind of people. Um, they don't want people like Lester Maddox that literally threw black customers out of his chicken shop in the 1960s. They don't want that anymore. And so. Georgia doesn't want to go back to the days of segregation and voter suppression and Jim Crow. I don't think that the majority of Georgians want to go back to that kind of place. And so if I'm the legislature, I'm really weary about embracing these Jim Crow 2.0 tactics that I think are going to be really out of step of, 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 uh, among an electorate that is really changing pretty quickly. And Ari, also, this is very important that we need to, in, in, the, in the filibuster and Senate, because we have plans HR1, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, because to curb some of these horrible ideas in our legislature, you need that bill, and I need Chuck Schumer to get Manchin and Senator Kelly in line to do this, because if you don't do it, Democrats, you will lose in 2022 in Atlanta. They'll gerrymander the districts, and you'll lose badly for years to come. Yeah, there are two really important bills before the Congress. There's H.R. 1, the For the People Act, that would enact all of these big democracy reforms like automatic registration and election day registration and early voting and nonpartisan redistricting in every state. And then they, there's also the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, of course, named after the great civil rights leader from Georgia that would restore the Voting Rights Act. So if Georgia wanted to put in place new voter suppression laws, they would have to prove that with the Justice Department. Uh, and you know the Biden Justice Department is not going to sign off on these kind of uh, efforts. And, and the only way to get these bills done is to get rid of the filibuster, which is the requirement that you need 60 votes uh, to pass this kind of legislation. Because if only seven Republicans voted to convict Donald Trump after he incited an insurrection that nearly got them killed, it's very hard to imagine 10 exactly. Republicans voting for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act if they won't even take basic votes like that. And so uh, I think this is really, really critical. Um, the Democrats haven't gone all the way yet in terms of uh, trying to eliminate the filibuster. I think they're betting that if Republicans block enough bills, that maybe uh, Cinema and Manchin and the others will fall in line and say, well, we're not going to allow this to happen. Um, but I think people really need to understand the stakes here, which is that the filibuster in and of itself 
is a remnant of Jim Crow. Yes. It was used to filibuster the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and all of these other efforts to try to create equality in America. And it's still being used now to block things like a new Voting Rights Act. And so I understand people want bipartisanship, but bipartisanship shouldn't mean we turn a blind eye to voter suppression or exactly. turn a blind eye to rampant gerrymandering or turn a blind eye to efforts to undermine the democratic system. I don't think that's what bipartisanship should mean. Most definitely. And I just feel like already it's so crucial. Schumer needs to do what McConnell do to him, ram it through. I know you want to play the, the politics, but I think it's more people on their side than it is on, on, the, on McConnell's side. So quit trying to just be this, we're, we're Democrats, we just go with the program. No, that when they was in power, they were ramming through your thing. Look at Amy Coney Barrett, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. It, it didn't matter. We're going to do what we want to. Screw you. We're going we gonna, to prove any judges we want to, unqualified. So I feel like Schumer, Biden, and Harris, all they need to get together and say, we can't do this. We got to say, because if you lose people like me and people in my age bracket, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose 2022. We're millennials. We're not going to go for this. We told us, come in and join us, say we're going to get this done. Get it done. The minimum wage, still loan debt, Schumer and Warren, let's get it going. Because if you don't, people in my age bracket will say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not voting this time. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, when, when um, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock ran for election in Georgia, they said, we're going to get $2,000 checks. We're going to get the John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed. They didn't have an asterisk that said, only if Mitch McConnell lets us do it. I mean, the, the reason why people elected these Democrats, because they wanted these policies passed. And so I don't think it's going to be a very risky message for Democrats to turn back to their voters in 2022 or 2024 and say, hey, listen, we tried, but you know that guy named Mitch McConnell? Yeah, he doesn't control things anymore, but he actually does control everything because we can't pass all the things that we want. So the, the me, there's a the big asymmetry between the parties, which is that Republicans get in there, they abuse power and they make no excuses. Democrats don't want to use the power that they actually have. They want to make excuses why they can't do it. And I think at some point, the, the time for excuses is over. People want to see these policies. They don't care. If people have more money in their pocket, they're not going to say, well, you know, we abolished the filibuster and these democratic norms. I mean, give me a break. People are hurting. They're struggling. Yes. We're in a horrible pandemic still. We're in an economy in crisis and our democracy is being gutted before our eyes. And if Democrats don't do something about it, all these problems are going to get worse. You got there, right, Ari? Like for me, I'm blessed. A radio show, I, I'm, I'm good. But my listeners email all the time. They're hurting. What about our chicks? And I'm like, yeah, just work through the process here. Uh, student loan debt for me. That's that's big for me. I got student loan debt myself. So I need him to sign off on Warren and Schumer's EO. You know, let's get that done. But he's playing that game. I'll do 10,000. And also, look at his plan, his campaign. If he does camp number, point number six, for me personally, public university, then I'll take care of my dick right there. So things that you said, I promise Joe Biden, we need you to get it done because if you don't, I know people in my age, millennial ages, will say, no. Now, I'll still vote because I, I'm, I know I'm not crazy. <laughs> but others who are not like me, simply engaged, will say, Nah, we're good. How, how can I tell people to vote again if you don't deliver me anything to, to vote, say you did something for them? When you got to go out in a pandemic, Ari, to vote for Warren Arkansas and Joe Biden and nothing got done to help change their lives in any, any, any kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think 
it's too early to draw that conclusion because Joe, Joe Biden has really only been in there for a short period of time and, and Democrats have really only controlled the Senate um, for about a month. So, I mean, it's too early to say that they're not going to deliver on these things, but the writing is on the wall here that if you need 60 votes to pass every piece of legislation, a lot of stuff that people care about is not going to get done, meaning that they either need to do as much as possible through executive action, like you're talking about student debt relief, or they need to stuff that they can't do under executive action because Joe Biden can't put in a new Voting Rights Act through executive action. Then you're gonna need to figure out how do we get it done with 50 votes in the Senate and use the power we have because if they don't get it done now, they might not have 50 votes again. I mean, the way things are looking, they could be back in the minority in both chambers pretty quickly if they don't deliver policies and that they don't change the direction of American democracy. I think the stakes are really high here. I'm not losing hope yet, but I think the writing is on the wall in terms of the big acts they need to take. And if they don't take them, they could be in a lot of trouble pretty soon. Well, Ari, thank you for your time today coming on the show here in Atlanta, man, to help us out figure this thing out here, man. We love your work here, Mother Jones. Check out his book. Give us the ballot, man. Thank you for your time again. Be, be blessed, buddy. Stay, stay safe out here in this COVID situation. We want to get better. Get the vaccine as well, people. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Anytime, buddy. Be safe, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.